0: What is going on guys? This is the Clubhouse Sports Podcast and I am your host Frank Astrop and we are back with our NFL Week 2 Preview Podcast and before we get started of course find us on the socials at pod underscore clubhouse clubhouse.cast on Instagram, oh, uh, Twitter, Instagram and then um, in that order respectively. And then any podcast app you want to listen to us on, we're there. Except for SoundCloud, mm, because SoundCloud is weird, and you have to pay that, and you have to pay, and you have to do all this. But anyways, anyways, no time for that. This will go up at about twelve thirty Eastern. Listen to it before you watch the games. But the one o'clocks, Seahawks at Steelers. If you're a Seahawks fan and you're worried about the Seahawks traveling to Pittsburgh and not performing well. Don't be as worried about that as other things. They are they were 1-0 um, on the East Coast last year against the Panthers and since from 2013 to 2016, excuse me, West Coast teams traveling east had a 25-15 record. Now for the Seahawks to win this game, They need to control the game on the ground, establishing the run with Chris Carson, controlling the clock, and hopefully giving Rashad Penny snaps. Whether it be in the aforementioned run game, he's more elusive and quick than Carson and can rely less on run blocking, or is it getting receptions, which might be hard because the Steelers have fast and ranging linebackers, primarily Devin Bush, who looked quick and effective last week on tape. One of the few bright spots for the Steelers against the New England Patriots. Now, if the Steelers can also establish the run with James Conner, which isn't incredibly likely, Clowney is a great run defender and should add to his snap count. He played 48 of 77 defensive snaps with the Seahawks. Uh, but if they can establish the run, then they match the Seahawks style and they can kind of play how they want but if they lean more towards the pass uh that'll open up hopefully and we'll get to see where AB's vacated targets are going I like the Steelers passing attack to bounce back with the only caveat being the introduction of LJ Collier on the edge and the improvement of Clowney in the pass rush who had two sacks last week against the Bengals after only four in his entire Texans career on the other hand, the Steelers' offensive line, whether it be David DeCastro, who is a great uh, great pass blocker, and an elite run blocker, or Matt Filer at tackle, who is graded 32nd on PFF for ta- uh, for offensive tackles, uh, they should be able to neutralize this Seahawks pass rush. Um, and, in, and even on the other side, uh, on the left side, you have Ramon Foster and Andre But The Steelers' offensive line unit are incredibly great at pass blocking and run blocking. It's insane. Um, Like Daryl Deet at both. I, the rare. I think Russ will be able to keep up if the Steelers jump out in front of a passing. But eventually the high power Steelers offense will bounce back. And I think they win in a shootout. 30-27 Steelers. Uh... Coming right back off that embarrassment in Foxborough. Women the Colts Titans. Jacoby Brissett looked really good against the Chargers from his arm strength to his accuracy to his pocket presence to his general football IQ. Pretty much everything he did exceeded expectations. Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton also played exceedingly well. Now let's juxtapose that with the Titans defense who played up to the Browns on the road. Um, and that, that surprised me, obviously. I picked the Browns to win going away. And, yeah, they showed up last week. They're at home this week. Jacoby Brissett on the road. Can he do it? Can he lead the Colts to victory? Um, I think he can. I, I think he played well enough for me to say that, um, he can just based off what I saw. And that offensive line unit should be able to neutralize the Titans' pass rush. Um... The only guy in the secondary I'd be worried about is Kevin Byard over the top. Um, And maybe on Blitz Packages too. But I think the Colts do win on the road. I'll put it at 21-17. Jaguars-Texans. I actually think the Jaguars win this game. Um, Gardner Minshew looked incredibly efficient in what snaps he did get last week against the Chiefs. I think if they keep it short and keep it quick and keep it methodical, he'll ta- and he takes care of the ball on offense, they'll be great on offense or fine on offense. And then that defense, um, I'm worried about Deshaun Watson and that offensive line still. They didn't show anything last week that said, oh, we're, you know the trade was worth it and we're now a great pass blocking team. Oh, they played fine in run blocking. Carlos Hyde played better. Um, than I've ever seen him play. He looked really good. He looked really clean. But Sean Watson still got sacked six times. And I think um, against a good pass rush like the Jaguars, he can only escape the pocket oh so many times. And he can only get the ball off oh so quickly. So I think that the Jaguars actually pulled this out on the road. That may surprise, and I'm not as confident in these two AFC South games as I am in other games, but I do think that could happen. I think it will happen. So moving to the Chargers and the Lions, the Chargers, it's as simple as this. They uh, win on offense and they outcoach match Patricia and the Lions. Um, Cardinals-Ravens, the Ravens outmatched the Cardinals at almost every position, and I think what it comes down to is Cardinals secondary is banged up. Lamar Jackson threw six touchdowns last week. Right? Six touchdowns? Let me look that up. But he did a really good He he looked really good for that position for a quarterback. And it surprised me. And I, I do I seem surprised. Yeah, I do. Because I'm not a big believer in him and I'm wrong so far. But I think he should continue that success against a banged up um Cardinals defense and Cardinals specifically the secondary and that defense should be able to neutralize Kyler as good as he looked in overtime and the fourth quarter or in, in the fourth quarter not really in overtime as good as he looked Ravens defense their secondary is a lot better than the Lions so if, if that if that says anything if that gives you anything to go off of but at the end of the day Ravens over Cardinals I don't want to ramble too much on that game. So moving to, here we are, 49ers and Bengals. Kyle Shanahan needs the scheme for Garoppolo to succeed because that's where their problems start and end largely. Garoppolo has the talent and IQ of a franchise QB, and the coaching helps him, or he has coaching that can help him reach that level. It's just a matter of execution with Jimmy G, the handsomest quarterback in the land. Um, Not the handsomest player, though, because Saquon Barkley is still in the NFL. I Love you, Saquon. Uh, While well, the Bengals defense uh, on paper, it's pretty bad, but they did play up to the Seahawks level last week. And if they can get Garoppolo to make a few mistakes, I think since his offense is good enough with the openness uh, Zach Taylor has introduced, um, they can compete with the 49ers offense. That is still kind of in the air trying to figure things out um, with who's the primary receiver. The only constant there is George Kittle Um I mean, we have the running back by committee thing. I think Brady all have a good game, but in the end, I think that that defense on the other side uh, let me say this before I make my final prediction here—but they have low, they have high potential, but a low ceiling, especially against a solid passing attack. So, all that means is Andy Dalton leads the Bengals to a win, 24 to 16. In my estimation, that's two upsets so far. I think um, based on Vegas lines, the. Jaguars over Texans and the 49ers or uh, the Bengals over the 49ers, excuse me. One thing that's not gonna be an upset is Patriots and Dolphins. Sorry for the spoiler alert. Uh, the Patriots have beat the Dolphins or have the Dolphins beat in every facet of the game. At a certain point, culture and talent win out. And what I mean by that is many people are saying, Oh well, they are one and five in Miami in the last, you know, whatever years. I uh, think it's like two years, right? Because that would be Four, four years. They're one in five in Miami. Oh, uh, it's fuck. No, that's. That would be six years sometime. But, I mean, Tom Brady can't throw in the sun. Oh. Uh, well, this is different. Did you see how they looked on Sunday night? Like a perfect football team. So, and with the addition of the best, the most skilled receiver in the NFL. Yeah, scary, right? And the defense, like an elite-level defense, it's a perfect football team and perfect coaching. So, Miami's not a good football team either. 35-17 patch, not much to say on it. So the Vikings and the Packers, this one should be interesting. The Packers need to limit the Vikings and not the other way around, which is weird to say. Uh, But the Vikings dominated the Falcons last week with running and defense. Uh, the Packers need to limit Dalvin Cook and make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable, and uncomfortable by making him throw more than 10 times. I do like the Packers' secondary. Uh, they showed up well in, against the Bears on the road. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, the Packers need to limit Dalvin Cook. I don't think this will happen. I think Cook is so talented, especially in between the tackles. Um, and even if he does bounce outside, he's beating everybody except for maybe Rashon Gary nine times out of the ten. So, on the other side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers must do his job, and he will at home take care of the ball, etc. And by doing that, he controls the game script for both teams, another way to force Kirk to throw the ball. I don't project Rodgers to go crazy in the status department just because the Vikings' defense is that good, and he hasn't really put up great numbers against the Vikings. I think one touchdown in their like last four meetings. Um, or in their last, yeah, their last four meetings. Um... But if he does set the tone and keeps it steady, the Packers will eventually score. But I just like how that—I just like how the Vikings looked last week a lot. And I know it's a—it's a game against a rival, and it is Aaron Rodgers. But I think they can contain him enough to have Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins kind of patrol that offense to keep up with him. Twenty-three to twenty, Vikings. And you might say, oh, well, their field goal kicker, um, you know, isn't that good. If... Actually, what am I? I'm, talking about, I'm thinking about the Jets. Fuck. Yeah, I'm, uh, sorry. I'm thinking about the Jets. I'm way ahead of, I'm way ahead of you guys on this. <laughs> but Vikings, 23-20. Gang. Um, Cowboys at Redskins. Cowboys dominate. Um, no Jonathan Allen for the Redskins, which is their... Best interior defensive lineman. And, um, Cowboys look scary good against the Giants. I know it's the Giants and I know it was the Giants' pass defense. But they did look scary good. Dak looked like perfect, pretty much. Um, and there's nothing on the Redskins' defense that says that's gonna stop. And on this, on the other side of the ball, Case Keenum should actually be incredibly limited against this Cowboys defense. Um, I know they jumped out to a good start against the Eagles, but he's not not that good at the end of the day, and it's going to show. The only thing I'm watching for is Terry McLaurin on the deep balls and who gets more of the workload, whether it be passing or um, running, between Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. So... Bills eye Giants. This is a winnable game for my New York football Giants. It's a home game, and the offense looks solid besides a few times in the red zone last week, which is the same old, same old. They just can't score, seems like. But overall, Eli was efficient, and the Giants were moving the ball at times. What I'm saying is the potential was there on the offense, especially with Saquon and his limited snaps. Now, this is how they win. They must win on offense because the defense won't help. Sepatone methodically moved through Saquon and hit Ingram on designed intermediates and try to get Latimer open downfield and hit him for big yards because, of course, Sterling Shepard is out with a concussion. Now, on the other side, we saw what happened when Josh Allen doesn't use his legs. He's extremely limited and generally a bad quarterback, kind of like his common comparison of Cam Newton. Um, but if he gets mobile, he'll be able to hit deep throws with John Brown and Zay Jones uh, over the middle and out on the sidelines. But with the Giants, oh, especially since the Giants decide that it's a good idea to run double high safety and not have anybody cover the middle when you have Michael Gallup coming over the middle. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Oh! It's, it's just frustrating. Um, But with the Giants' lack of a pass rush, Josh Allen might just be able to stay in the pocket and... Beat the Giants, but just making throws from the pocket, seeing as he is a big, tall quarterback, and he has a quarterback-friendly frame. But if the Giants can somehow get to him up the middle with Tomlinson and Lawrence and uh, or B.J. Hill off the edge, then we're in business. But once again, the Giants' offense must win this game and take care of the ball. After all that, I'm still taking the Bills as the safe pick. Allen puts up huge numbers. I just don't trust the Giants' defense. I do trust their offense going forward. Uh, 30-19, Bills. Now, Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs win. Uh, The only way the Raiders even contend in this game is if they keep, um, if they control the game to the ground with Josh Jacobs. Bears at Broncos. I think the Broncos win this game. Um, I mean, Joe Flacco looked kind of spotty, but I think he figured things out against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, He was hitting his receivers well. And on the other side of that, Mitchell Trubisky did not look good. He did not look good against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think the Bears are still figuring things out. Uh, Trubisky's kind of still figuring things out. And the running back by committee thing that Nagy's trying to do, excuse me, is still trying to figure things out. So I think the Broncos catch them off guard at home, winning this game. Saints at Rams. Saints went on the road. The Rams looked bad last week, even though they won. And the Saints look really good. Drew Brees looked 24. He looked like a 24-year-old. Um, Playing quarterback. But he's 40 years old. I don't know how um, how I'm going to be at 40 years old. But I don't think it's going to be like that. I don't think I'm going to be throwing footballs 40 yards. Um, And Will... Lots. Very clutch. Um, but, yeah, I think the Saints, it's just a matter of how they're looking and how the Rams kind of didn't, they're kind of still figuring things out. I think Jared Goff came out and didn't look great. He looked he looked really bad. He looked bad. Um, so, and, of course, if Kamara can get going, that's trouble. Eagles at Falcons. I think the Eagles win this game. Um, the Falcons look bad. I hate to say that the Rams look bad on the Falcons, but it's just a matter of looking bad and looking good. The Eagles look really good. They look crisp in the second half. Um, they got off to a bad start, but eventually Carson Wentz figured things out. He was hitting his receivers. Um, I just want to see how this defense kind of plays against a better offense than the Redskins. So that should be interesting to see. But I don't want to spend too much time on that because I think that's a more obvious one. It's a Sunday night game. I have the Eagles winning. Carson Wentz, my MVP selection. Keep balling out, brother. Uh, Browns at Jets. No Sam Darnold. That motherfucker has mononucleosis, which is a disease and a sickness you would expect me to get seeing as I am a junior in high school, and I definitely kiss a lot of girls. But, um, not Sam Darnold, who, I know he's 22. He's just out of college. But what the fuck? Who gets mono as an adult? And I understand why he's not playing. I mean, it's, you know, you are you lose a lot of strength and you lose a lot of weight. And you, especially with an athletic contest like this, you can't really play at the highest level with uh, illness like that. But they still don't have him. They don't have Quinny Williams and they don't have C.J. Mosley. I expect the Jets, with all these injuries, to play incredibly conservative on offense like last week. And should be, that should be easily combated with some zone defense from the Browns. It's pretty easy. Um, if Simeon goes over the top of the home run ball or two, don't be surprised to Robbie Anderson, but as long as the Browns stay disciplined, Baker should be able to lead the offense against the Jets defense with no CJ Mosley, who looked completely different when he came out of the game. The game stripped should also be kind to Nick Chubb, who, along with the fact that Darian Hillard is out, um, but that's along with the fact that Darian Hillard is out. He should get a lot of carries and it should help him in the passing game most of all, because Darian, uh, fucking not Darian Hiller, Dontrell Hiller, fuck, sorry, um, kind of took away his receptions, like, what the, what the hell, what, what is that, Freddie Kitchens, what, uh, it's just confusing, but at the end of the day, Monday night, on the road, 26-6 Browns, I think the Browns embarrassed the Jets, People were overreacting to the overreactions, saying that the brown that people overreact to the Browns. No, they just. If you watch that game, a lot of it was just discipline and penalties and coaching, really. But Baker is still Baker, and Odell is still Odell, and Nick Chubb is still Nick Chubb, and Jarvis is even still Jarvis. I mean, he can catch the freaking ball. And the defense, I mean, I want to see a little more from Denzel Ward. And that offensive line, I think, will be a problem. But people were all, you know, you know, people were, you know, you're overhyping the Browns. But it's one game. It's week one. What can happen in an NFL season? I still project them to be a good football team. And I think it starts tonight with, you know, it's a little bit easier because there's no Sam Darnold. There's no C.J. Mosley. There's no and Williams. But it's a good start and it'll be a good morale and it'll be good for the locker room to get a win under their belt to keep going and get this fucking city something to root for. But, nevertheless, I don't want to ramble too much on the um, politics of the Browns. That is all this week, actually. Um, Ran through those pretty quick. Let me know what you think, whether it be on Twitter or leave a review on Apple Podcasts um, you know, like waiting, rating and review, excuse me, um, but I'll see what this sh- did to Sean Watson film room in a couple of days. Peace out.